Christ and all God's people said. Grab your Bibles, remain standing, and turn with me just for a moment to Matthew chapter number 2. Matthew chapter number 2. Isn't it good to be saved? It's good to be saved. I want to thank everyone for all the, uh, the cards and the, and the Christmas gifts, even the fruitcake I got yesterday. <laughs> if you're not laughing, that meant you wasn't here last week. <laughs> No, I, I, I do appreciate it. I, I appreciate it all. Sometimes we're not able to get back with everyone and all that, but I do. I truly appreciate when you, when you love on your family and love on my family. It means the world to me, and I want to thank you for everything, the cards and gifts, everything. So thank you for that. Uh, uh, where's Jalen at? Jalen, where'd he go? Hey, right a while ago, sitting right there, God gave me what we're going to do for Easter. Yes. <laughs> He's been aggravating me for weeks. What are we going to do for Easter, preacher? What are we going to do for Easter? What are we going to do? Uh, just now, I'm telling you, he gave it to me just now. And, and it's going to be about Jesus. <laughs> Amen. I, hey, I'm not kidding, though. I do. I got it. I got it. And we got to get to work because it's going to be big. Amen. It's going to be big. Man, I'm excited. This is awesome. Isn't it good to be saved? I want to I want to share with you some history today as we go through this message. Uh, I hope it's not boring because I, I love history. I love uh, uh, looking at history and digging through history and all the things that go with that. Uh, but I, I want you to I want you to look with me in Matthew uh, chapter number two and uh, and I don't know what I did with my outline. <clears throat> Jalen, can you go grab one? I think wherever the, the outlines are for the small groups, it's there. I got it in my head, but uh, uh, I just like to have it in front of me. Amen? Uh, but we're going to look at three different groups of people. Actually, there, there is four points in the outline, uh, but the, 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 it, we're really going to look at the three different groups of people and how they treat the king, how they treat the king, how they treat uh, the Lord Jesus in uh, the, the new arrival of the king. If you're with me, say amen. amen. All right, let's look in. And, and by the way, too, we're probably going to uh, uh, distort your idea of, of Christmas uh, when it comes to the manger scene. Now, how many of y'all know what I'm talking about when I say the manger scene? Uh, you know, you, you got to have, have Mary and Joseph and, and, and the babe in the manger, and then you got shepherds and, and, and maybe a little uh, uh, sheep here and, and, and a donkey here, and, and then we got three wise men that's there. Uh, how many of y'all know that's not accurate? That's not accurate. And uh, we'll get to that in a minute, uh, so bear with me. All right, Matthew chapter number 2 and verse number 1. Have you found your spot? Say Amen. It says, now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And you'll find out why in a minute. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah? For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently at what time the star did appear. He wanted to know about how old this, this child, this baby was. And he, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. 
And when you have found him, bring me word again, that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt. And be thou there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt and was there until the death of Herod that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and all of the coast thereof from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, In Ramah was there a voice of heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and would not be comforted, because they are not. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings today. Thank you for the privilege of being in your house with your people Lord, I I have enjoyed the worship already, the singing and the spirit that's in this place. Thank you for people who are committed and came even though it's cold and even though it's raining. Lord, they came to your house. They chose to be here. They could be a lot of other places, but they chose to be in your house. And God, I pray that you will honor that. I pray that you will touch them. I pray that we can all leave saying we were encouraged and lifted up and, and challenged. And Lord, I pray that you'll bless your people today. Please use me to be an encouragement to them. Help me to remember the things I need to remember and help me to forget the things I need to forget. And Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. I love the Christmas story. I, I told you last, last week, uh, man, I love everything about it all. I, I love the music, the lights, the cameras, especially the presents. Amen. No, uh, Christmas is great. We, sometimes, sometimes we allow tradition and we, we, we do things uh, regular and, and, and become a habit and we kind of put things together and it kind of jumbles up what it really was and, and we're going to unravel some of that today. Uh, one of the things that we see in, in a lot of Christmas pageants and a lot of Christmas plays, we, we see uh, the baby, the baby, in other words, newborn baby in, in, the, in the swaddling clothes in the manger uh, with the shepherds around them, and, and that's accurate. Uh, but then we have the wise men there presenting their, their gifts, but that's not accurate. Uh, there, it's most likely uh, that Jesus was about two years old when it took, this took place. This was not right when he was born. Uh, when he was born, the wise men saw the star and they began the journey from where they were to where he is uh, to see him. And he, he was a probably about two years old when this took place. Now, I want to look at the different people. I want to look at the Magi. I want to look at the monarch, which is Herod. And then we'll look at the masses, which are the Jewish people, the people there in the area. And then we'll look at the Messiah today. All right. If, if you're with me, say amen. amen. Let's look at the Magi first. Let's take, let's take that group of people in this story, the wise men. 
uh, we, we, we know uh, a, a, a few things about them and we know some things that they were not that is a misconception. One is that they were not kings, okay? They were not kings. And uh, not only were they not kings, there wasn't three of them, okay? They used the number three because gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But that, there's three gifts, so they just put that together. And so they were not kings, and there were not three of them. So therefore, uh, there goes we three kings of Orient are, amen? Uh, I still like the song. I still like the song. It's still a cool song. But that's, that's just not, that's not reality. Who were these people? And, and what was this crowd? Uh, the Magi, the Magi, historians have traced them back all the way to the, the time of Abraham. Not all historians do, but most historians uh, trace them back. They were a tribe. They were a tribe of people, a priestly tribe, a very, very religious tribe. Uh, they were skilled in mathematics. They were skilled in the sciences, astrology, and, and, and so forth and so on. They were a, a, a very, when they say wise men, there was a lot of truth to that. I mean, they, they, were, they were very wise in that, that deal. We find them in the Babylonian captivity. You'll find them in the book of Esther. You'll find them in the book of Daniel. Uh, even, even in the book of Daniel, we'll find that Daniel was placed as a leader in the Magi. The Magi were responsible for appointing kings. Nobody could be, no Persian could come to power, no Persian could come and become a king without the, the authority or without the placement of the Magi. The kings had to even master and learn the sciences and all of the crafts of the Magi. It was called, you, this will be familiar to you if you, you studied your Old Testament any, it was called the law of the Medes and Persians. The law of the Medes and Persians. So the Magi, if we want to put it in simple terms to understand who the Magi were, they were king makers. They were king makers. They were the ones who were responsible for vetting the people who would become king. And you could not become king in the east, in the, in the, in the, in the Oriental, the, 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 the Far East in this particular area without mastering the sciences of the Magi. If that's, if that's familiar, say amen. All right, this is, this is who this group was. And this is, they were not, they were not, uh, 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 they were not a handful of people either. There was probably, there was probably uh, some, some say hundreds and, and some even a thousand or more that was in this caravan. There were soldiers in this caravan. There were cooks in this, serv this, this, this caravan, servants in this caravan. These wise men were coming. Now, uh, here we find two things I want you to write down. One, their identity. One, their identity. <clears throat> write that down. And then their initiative. What are they doing? What are they doing? They're coming to find the king. They want to know where the king is. And they want to come and worship him. They understand that this is not just any king. This is not just any uh, person who is going to uh, uh, assume a throne or a kingdom. And, and you say, where did they get this information? If they were from the east, if they, uh, if they were from really uh, pagan, pagan areas and pagan cult worship, how did they get this information? Well, we believe they got it from Daniel. If y'all will remember that the, the, the nation of Israel was taken into captivity taken into captivity to Babylon. How many of y'all are with me? Say amen. amen. All right? Because of their disobedience, because of their, their, their wickedness, God allowed them to go into captivity into Babylon. And during that time of captivity, we, we find that there are, there are Hebrew children, 
Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was three. Daniel was there. In Daniel chapter number one, you can read that. And because of God's favor on these young men, because of God's favor on Daniel, Daniel rose to be a prime minister in Babylon during the, that kingdom and also during Cyrus and the, and, and the Medes, when the Medes and the Persians come and took over. Are you still with me? Say amen. Well, if you will study your Bible, you will find out that Daniel is the Old Testament equivalent of Revelation. Revelation, most people, when you see prophecy or a prophetic book, you automatically say, Revelation. But do you realize that Daniel is the Old Testament equivalent of the New Testament Revelation? Do you realize that Daniel predicted the very time that the Messiah would be born? And because of Daniel's influence in the Magi and Daniel's teaching and him bringing the prophetic scriptures and the word of God, the Judean worship from Israel into Babylon, the Magi are here because they are God-fearers. And they're coming to seek the king. They're coming to seek the king. We see their identity and we see their initiative. They're coming to find the king. They are God-fears. They are familiar with scripture. They are familiar with the word of God. And they know there is a king that's born in Israel. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. So we have the Magi. Imagine this. Imagine this huge caravan. We find Jerusalem is hustling and bustling. And they're just, uh, everything is, is, is as a normal day. Uh, and, 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 and now all of a sudden from the east, there's coming this huge caravan. This huge caravan of people and, and they, they look very wealthy. Uh, they look like they, they are very intimidating. They, they have soldiers with them. I mean, this is a big deal. The Magi. Number two, I want you to see the monarch. The monarch. This is Herod the Great. Herod the Great. He's called Herod the Great because he was a great builder. He was a great politician. He was very shrewd, very, very wicked. Uh, he was paranoid. We, we, were, we were able to, when we were in Israel a few weeks ago, uh, we were able to go to Caesarea and see the, the ruins of the palace that he built at Caesarea. And matter of fact, do you have that picture? Do you have one of the, one of the pictures that we have up there? Uh, do they have it in the back? If not, if they find it, we'll put it up there. Uh, there at Caesarea, he built a, if you want to use this term, he built a beach house. You know, a, a palace there. Uh, this is the, the artist's rendering of it. And uh, we were able to stand right there where it was. And, and Do you have the ruins, the, the, that, that picture? That's, that's, that's it there. We see a hippodrome over here to the left. Uh, that's where they had chariot races. And also, uh, uh, some historians believe that they persecuted Christians there. If you're standing right here looking this way and looking to your left, there's also a harbor there and a jail there that they believe that they kept Paul before he went to Rome. But here is one of his palaces. He was a great builder. He was, he was one who built uh, Caesarea. This was, this was his beach house. This is where he would go uh, 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 during the summer. When, when it was really, really hot, there would be a breeze there on the ocean. He built a fortress on Masada. He built a fortress on Masada. And this is, this is the artist's rendering of that. This is a palace there. And then you have the other picture. This is, this is what it looks like now. And, 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 and way down there is where you get on the cable car to go way up there. And I wasn't real thrilled about that ride. Say amen. 
They said, okay, everybody on, everybody on. And, 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 and this, was a, this is a cable car. Uh, this is a cable car, a small cable car. And they said, we can fit 80 on here. I said, not fat people. I'm big. I'm big. I mean, they, it, it, was, it was two things going on in that, that scenario, in that situation. One, they were all jammed like this. Number one thing I hate. And then when we started going up, it was heights. I'm like, oh, Jesus, help us, Lord. Bless his name. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lo, I will be with thee always. Amen. I'm praying and quoting scripture and everything else. And they take us up, they take us up way up on the top of that, that mountain. And we're, we're there at Masada. And you, you get to go through and to see the ruins and everything. And, and this is a significant part of that. Masada, and, and this will, I'm not saying that just to share my trip with you. I'm just I'm, I'm telling you this because Masada was a fortress that he made because he was scared to death. He was paranoid. This was a man who spent his whole life trying to defend the kingdom, trying to hold on to power, trying to hold on to his authority. And he was so paranoid that there would be an army coming from the east that he built Masada up on top of this mountain, this huge fortress and this huge palace up on top of this mountain. He was paranoid. He was so paranoid. He killed three of his own sons, killed his wife, killed his wife's brother, killed his mother-in-law. Well, anyway. And all of this, all of this because he was afraid they would take power from him. Herod the Great. Named his, he named himself Herod the Great. But he was a politician. He was shrewd. He, he, we, we, we see uh, he, this man, when you, when you study his life and study his behavior, even Augustus, even Augustus, Caesar Augustus said, it would be better to be one of Herod's pigs than his own sons. Because it's amazing, he was a murderer. He murdered his own children, but yet he wouldn't touch swine because it wasn't kosher. And this man, he wasn't even a Jew. Many believe he was an Edomite. He was, came from the descendants of Esau. But he, he talked himself in and he weaseled himself into authority and power with Mark Antony. And he was able to have his little kingdom. And here he is, a man so paranoid that he kills his own family, kills his own sons, trying to hold on to his power, trying to hold on to his authority. He's building palaces and fortresses everywhere so that he could go hide and be there and be safe because he was afraid someone might come and take what was his. Are y'all with me now? And now here comes a caravan from the east. A caravan of wise men, a caravan of magi, a caravan, watch this now, a caravan of kingmakers, soldiers, cooks, and they come into Jerusalem. This is not something you can hide. This is not something, all of Jerusalem knows this. And we see this monarch's agitation. If you're taking notes, write that down. His agitation, he's, he's aggravated, he's troubled. The word troubled here literally means fear, terror, horror. Why? Because he's already paired. And by the way, by the way, he's dying. He's dying of gonorrhea, and, and some historians believe he also had cancer. So, so here he is dying. To, to, just to, just to, kind of, 
just to kind of give you what kind of a nut he is and how crazy he is at this moment, uh, he had, when he was in Jericho on his deathbed, he was in Jericho on his deathbed, uh, and he had many of the nobles, the Jewish nobles, arrested and kept in ward, and, and he told them that the moment I die, I want you to execute all of them so there will be mourning in Israel. Yeah. That's how crazy this nut is. He knows they're not going to cry over him, but he's going to make sure somebody cries the day he dies. And so here he is, troubled. You see, his whole life, he has this perceived thought process that someone was going to come take what he thought was his. But guess what? This threat is real. And so he says, I want to I worship him too. So we see, we see his agitation, but then we see his ambition. His ambition. He has a desire to kill the prince. He has a desire to destroy the prince. Boy, in this, in this uh, uh, well, I'll come back to this. I'll come back to this. But does everybody, does everybody see this? Say amen. Can everybody see this? And now you understand the process. You understand why he's thinking. There are several Herods in the Bible, by the way, just for, for, just, just for information if you want to keep this. Herod the Great was the one who was there when, when Jesus was born. He died shortly after Jesus was born and, 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 and was a few years old. And then Herod Antipas, his son, came after him came after him, he, he is the one who had John Baptist killed and, uh, and, and uh, interrogated, interrogated Jesus also. Uh, then we have Herod Agrippa I, which is after him. He's the one who, who in the book of Acts killed James uh, uh, with the sword. Are y'all with me? Made James the first martyr. And then Herod Agrippa II is the, the last of the Herods. He is the one who Paul dealt with and Paul witnessed to. If that, if that makes sense, say amen. amen. So there was four Herods going on. Herod the Great began the Herodian dynasty and Herod Agrippa II was the last one in line. But we find this paranoid man. We find this man who was dying and sick and, and this man who now there's a threat against my kingdom. There's a threat and I'm trying to hold on to what really doesn't belong to me. Then number three, we see, we see the magi, the kingmakers, the, the wise men who are coming and seeking the king. They have a, they have a desire to worship him. And, and then we see the monarch. Then number three, we see the masses. We see the masses. You say, who are the masses? The masses, I, I, I put here, uh, you know, I use the word for alliteration purposes, but primarily I want you to see that there were masses of the nation of Israel. We find that Herod goes to, he goes to the scribes and the Pharisees. He goes to the religious leaders. He goes to the people who knew the law and knew the scriptures and said, all right, where is this Messiah supposed to be born? Now, this is an amazing thing to me. I mean, this is really an amazing thing to me. That I, 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 The more I read it, I, I just cannot get this. They say, oh, we know where that's at. Hey, the, 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 scriptures, say, uh, uh, the scriptures say that he's going to be born in Bethlehem. Out of Bethlehem will rise the Messiah. Yeah, yeah, no problem. It's in Bethlehem. We well, see, you say, if you're taking notes, write two things, two, two words down. One, they were privileged. One, they were privileged. Two, or B, however you want to write this, they were pathetic. They were pathetic. Preacher, what do you mean? 
How is it that this group of people are so privileged to have the very information, not only the exact time when the Messiah would be born according to Daniel, but the exact place that he would be born? I mean, they had the prophetic writing. When he come and questioned them, they didn't even have to think. They didn't even have to look it up. They automatically, they responded to him and said, oh, we know where that's at. It's going to be in Bethlehem. Say, preacher, what is your point? Then why were they not in Bethlehem? Why were they not waiting? Why were they not looking? We don't even find anywhere where they were searching, where they were trying to find the Messiah, even though they knew the time, even though they knew the place. They had the privilege and the opportunity of having the scriptures and the prophetic writings that God gave them. Yet in their apathy, they didn't even care. All right, even now, even now, now how many of y'all are still with me? I hope I'm not boring y'all. Please tell me I'm not boring y'all. Even now, this, this, this caravan of kingmakers, this caravan of people who are looking and searching for the, and by the way, by the way, when you read that, when you, when you read it, uh, the Bible says, uh, somebody, somebody, somebody read that verse. Let's see. Let me, let me get back over here. Look what it says in, in verse, uh, verse 2. What's the first word in verse 2? Everybody. Everybody. You know what that means? They went to the first shop. Hey, where's the king? Where's the king? Where's he, where's he at that's born? They didn't get an answer. They went to the second shop. Where is he that is born king of the Jews? Where? Then they go to the next one, and then they go to this house, and then they go to that. In other words, they were going all over Jerusalem trying to find the king. And they finally go to the head, the capital, the, the, where some surely sent the king or the one in authority would know. They kept on. So, so everybody knew they were kingmakers. They were, they were a group of wise men who were searching for, watch this now, the Jewish king. Where is he that is born king of the So how come there wasn't a delegation put together to follow these wise men? Let's go find him too. Even though they knew the time. Even though they knew the place. Even though someone else they see is trying to find him. We see an apathetic group of people we see a group of people who are seeking the king we see a group of people who have the initiative and they're showing initiative they're seeking a king they're seeking the Lord they have a desire to worship him they have a desire to find him And before we go to number four let's put all this together how many of y'all know that, that times change but people don't Let me say that again. Times change, but people don't. I've heard people say this. I've heard people, boy, I tell you what, people are sure different nowadays. No, they're not. No, they're not. Just a different day. People are the same. They've been the same since the time of Adam. In this world, we're going to find three groups of people. You can look it up on the internet, you can look it up on Facebook, you can see it in social media. 
You can see it in the news. There's always going to be a group of people who are seeking the Savior. There's always going to be a group of people who have a desire to be with the King. There's always going to be a group of people, no matter how wicked, no matter how backslidden, no matter how far away a nation gets, there will always be a handful of people, there will always be a remnant of people that have a desire to be with the Lord, have a desire to seek the Lord. I want to grow closer to the Lord. I want to be in His presence. I want to fall down at His feet and worship the King. There's always going to be a group like that. There's always going to be a remnant. There'll never be a day that the evil of this world will be able to stamp out all the people who have a desire to be with the Lord. God will always have His people. And then on the other hand, you're going to have a group of people who are like King Herod. Man, I could see, and, and, and when, I was, when I was looking at the historical uh, uh, points and, and, and information behind King Herod, I could, not help but, I could not help but see that King Herod is a type of the devil who stole a kingdom, who was a murderer, who was a liar, who was a thief. John 10, thief cometh but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I am come that you might have life. Man, Herod is such a type of Satan. He's a, listen, he is doing everything he can to hold on to a kingdom that's not his. He's roaming to and fro in this earth, roaring like a lion, seeking whom he may devour. And he wants to destroy Christianity. He wants to destroy Christians. He wants to destroy your potential. He wants to destroy everything about God and his Son. It's amazing to me what's happening in Israel. It's amazing to me the things that I saw, the eastern gate. The eastern gate, I was standing on the Mount of Olives looking across the Kidron Valley to the eastern gate. The eastern gate is where Jesus is going to walk through and assume his throne, the throne of his father David. He's going to come back to this earth, land on the Mount of Olives, walk across the Kidron Valley, across the brook Kidron, walk back up that hill, go through the eastern gate and be on the throne. Are y'all with me? I've got a picture of the eastern gate. I was going to show you. I guess we'll have to do it on Wednesday night or something. But here we find the eastern gate. i got a close-up to it. And it's all concreted up. The Muslims are trying to keep Jesus out. Not only, not only did they concrete it up, not only did they block it up to try to keep Jesus out, they put a Muslim graveyard right in front of it. Because technically it would be unclean for a Jew to go through that graveyard. So surely the Messiah would not come through that. Well, I got news for you. Neither one of them is going to keep him out. But we have a world trying to erase his existence. We have a world who's trying to defeat his purposes and, and trying to defeat his plan. But guess what? Even as Herod was unsuccessful, so will the devil be. Man, I've never seen the hate. I've never seen... We're, we're living in a country. We're living in a country. I've seen this with my own eyes. I have read it with my own eyes. People, we are living in a country... I'm talking about America. America that we are not so far removed from 9-11. America that has more love and more affection for a religious group of people who wants to kill them than they do Christians. So I, I, I'm just blown away. 
But guess what? There'll always be that group. There'll always be the group that's seeking the Savior. There'll always be a group that's trying to destroy anything about him. Herod was so angry. He was so angry that the wise men did not come back and they mocked him that he went to Jerusalem and killed all the children from two years old and down. He assumed the the, the, the age by what they had originally said by when they saw the star and so he just killed them all. If I don't know which specific one it was, I'm going to just get them all. There'll always be a crowd that hates God's people. If you're sitting here in this building today waiting for it to get better and hoping that things are going to change, it ain't. The Bible says in the last days perilous times shall come. Y'all with me? We find a crowd that's seeking the Savior. We find a crowd that's wanting to destroy the Savior. And this is where I think a lot of us in America are today. Then we have a crowd that just don't give a rip. We have a crowd of people that's privileged. If you don't think you're privileged to live in a country where you can go to church... Did anybody have a, did anybody, was anybody chased with an AK-47? Did anybody have to sneak here this morning? In broad open daylight, you showed up at church without fear. Matter of fact, you probably passed 10 to get here. On the radio. I hear Brother Sam on the radio, preaching on the radio. And you know, there's like four, I've got four stations on, on, on my, on my uh, uh, radio when I, when I come in the morning. And, and, and if there's a song I don't like on one, I go to another one. And then I go to another one. One's like bluegrass and one's contemporary and one's southern gospel. And then we got Brother Sam over here preaching. So I can just about pick anything I want. Privileged. privileged and Israel we're standing there by the western wall and you got a group of people who are trying to worship in ignorance then we have we have a an evil just an evil group who are who are portraying over a loudspeaker Muslim prayers and chants to try to drown out anything that's happening feels wicked and yet we can come in here and hear and sing how great thou art we can hear and sing that we got God bumps on our neck without any fear, without any stress, without any pressure whatsoever. And we can come or we don't have to. We can show up or we don't have to. You, you can see that. Look around. It rained a little bit. There's a lot stayed home. Privileged, but pathetic. Pathetic. Not even seeking the king. Too busy with their own agendas, too busy with their schedules, too busy with their problems, too busy with their issues. Even though there's a king that has arrived, we don't have time to seek him. So we have a group of people who are seeking the Lord. We have a group of people that's trying to destroy the Lord. And then we have a group of people today in America that just don't care. 
We see the Magi, we see the monarch, we see the masses, but then I want you to see the Messiah. We see the Messiah. The Bible says that they came to the house where Mary and Joseph were. They're in a house by now. They're not in the manger. They're not in a cave. They're not, they're, they're in a house. They're, they're here. And can you imagine, can you imagine Mary and Joseph? Can you imagine Mary and Joseph? They're here and, 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 and this big caravan arrives. Soldiers and servants and wealthy looking people show up and come knocking on the door. There might have been a little sense of apprehension, would you say? And when they come into the house, when they come into the house, they see Jesus. Little two-year-old Jesus. With a binky in his mouth. I don't know. I don't know. You know I don't. Is that too old for that? They done threw with that by then? I don't know. Depends on who you are. I don't know. A 20-year-old with a binky in his mouth. And the Bible says they, they fall down. And literally when you study that, that means face down, flat, prostrate. And they worship him. They have traveled so far. And they had looked so long. And the Bible says they had joy. You know what worshiping the king will do for you? It'll give you some joy. You, you, know, you, you know why some of y'all look like y'all drink a jar of pickle juice this morning? <clears throat> I mean, really, you look like your mother-in-law moved right in with you and kissed you right on the cheek. Because <clears throat> you're not worshiping the king. You don't know my problems. You don't know my problems. Man, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, I, I, I woke up yesterday and I, I don't know whether I slept wrong or whatever, but I got a pinch over my neck and I'm telling you, it's just, it's got just jolt all the way down my elbow. And a while ago, a while ago, I was sitting there worshiping and, and I, I had my hands up in there and I don't know whether it moved or whatever it was, but I'm saying that this don't hurt this way. I may just preach like this the whole rest of the time. Amen. You know, it didn't have nothing to do with that. It had to do with my mind was on the king. We'll bow down in humble adoration and there proclaim, my God, how great thou art. Joy. And they presented unto him. If you take a note, let me give it to you because I know some of y'all bug me about it. Two things, the worship that's received and the witness that's revealed. <clears throat> the worship that's received, I want to talk about that in just a second, but don't you see the witness that's revealed in their gifts? They brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. This, this, this just reveals and is a testimony of who Jesus is. Gold, obviously, was for royalty. Gold represented royalty, his kingship, his authority. He is the king. Matthew chapter 1 goes through the lineage of his, his earthly side. He was from the throne of David. He was the line of David. He, he is a king in every sense. Amen. Amen. Gold, frankincense. Frankincense was the incense that was used in the temple in, in the worship of God. 
Gold represents his royalty. Frankincense represents his deity. He was a king, but he was also God. Say amen. And then myrrh. Myrrh was used in embalming. Myrrh was used in the funeral process. Myrrh really represents his humanity. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of man. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So in these gifts, in their worship, now think about this, think about this, this is important, this is important. In their, their worship, in their giving, in their generosity, in their worship, they revealed that they understood him. They understood his royalty. They understood his deity. They understood his humanity. They understood that he would be cut off. Read Daniel. They understood the prophets. They understood the writings of Daniel. They understood that this was a king. They understood that he was the son of God. They understood that he would die. Do you understand your king? Maybe you don't worship your king because you don't know him. Man, we were, we were traveling, and, and I, I hate to keep doing this, but I can't help it. It's, it's in big in me right now. And, and, and we were on the bus, and I would always get on the back seat of the bus. Always, every time. And the guy would be on the front seat of the bus. He would be talking, he'd be asking questions, and most of the ones I, I couldn't hardly hear because I was afraid to answer uh, because I couldn't hardly hear him. And then the others, I just was kind of shy, and I didn't want to... You know, and, 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 and he would ask a question, a biblical question that, that you know, the people should have known. And, and, and sometimes I would holler out and he wouldn't hear me, so I just quit hollering. <clears throat> and he would get frustrated. He, and he, I remember him saying this, do you even read your Bible? This is a Palestinian Christian who is living in a, in a Muslim, uh, a, a Muslim-surrounded area, a Muslim-ruled area, but he's a, he's a Palestinian Christian who has come to know faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I, I can remember him saying many, many times in the trip, you need to read your Bible from cover to cover. And he would say that over, cover to cover, cover to cover, read it cover to cover. You need to know your Bible. And the reason we're apathetic, which causes us to be pathetic, is because we don't know our Savior, we don't know our King. Because if we really knew our King, we would fall down and worship Him. He would be a priority in our life. He would be number one in our life. We would have nothing else in between us and Him. We would want to give Him our best of everything. How is your worship? Here's the application. Here's the application. I, don't, I definitely don't want to be Herod's group, and I definitely don't want to be the masses. I don't want to be pathetic. I want to be like the Magi. I want to seek the Savior, and I want to be in His presence, and I want to worship Him. But let me ask you a question. Here's the question you can go home on. Is your worship lately been worthy of a king? Has your worship, your service, your dedication, and your commitment to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. This is not just a King of Judea. This is not just a King of Galilee. This is not just a King of Samaria and the other regions. This is the King of the earth and the world. The King of the universe. Is your worship worthy of a King? Man, I want mine to be. Let me, let me say this. Let me say this, and i got a minute and 36 seconds. Say amen, and I'm on time. 
You can't manufacture worship. How many of you understand you can't make yourself like something? You can't make yourself love something. Y'all with me? But the more you know, what, what, what made the difference between the Magi and the masses? It's what they knew. It was the effort they put into studying the scriptures to know who it was. They're coming seeking the king. Listen, read your Bible from cover to cover. Learn some things. Learn some things. I, I, this is one thing this did to me. When I, when I was over in Israel and with that guide. That God was unbelievable. It put a hankering and a, and a wanting in me to go learn some stuff. To learn more about Herod. The jerk. <laughs> the more I learn about him, the more disgusting he is. But boy, the more I learn about Jesus, the more precious he is. Open your Bible, guys. Read it from cover to cover. And then it may be you that's prostrate before him, worshiping the King of Kings. Preacher, my worship's not what it should be. Well, change that. I tell people all the time, Preacher, I can't do that. I say, it's America. You can do whatever you want to do. Yeah. Now, you need to change your terminology. Don't quit saying, I can't do that. Say, you don't want to do that. Because I figured out, AD, I figured this out. If I want to do it, I'm going to figure a way out. Are y'all with me? I'm going to figure a way out. If I really want to do something, and so can you. Let's, let's be like the Magi and seek him and worship him. And all God's people say it. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessing.